The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. How hungry would you have to be to take a bite out of a human burrito? And then we meet a family that lives in a house, and while on the outside this house may look completely normal, inside is the empty spot. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you have some cool plans for the weekend. You know, I'm gonna... Let's get our Patreon guy in here real quick, but I want to talk about what just happened because I think this is kind of important. But someone who's someone who's even more important than the story that was just dropped on my tray, literally, not literally, but walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone, give it up for Colton Jones. Woohoo! Yeah, wee! hee Yeah, wee! He's walking in. He's carrying a bunch of balloons. He brought his own balloons. What a perfect party guest. Colton, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, if you guys can't support the show financially, that is totally fine. It really, really is. I mean that every time I say it. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. Tell your friends, tell your families, talk about it online. Vote for us in the Paranormality Magazine poll, link down below in the show notes. Those are all ways that you can also help the show grow. Now, Colton, let's go ahead. Again, this is kind of impromptu. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. Catch those in your hands and rev that bad boy up. We're driving around Hood River, Oregon. (laughs) When I was just recording the episode, you heard, I edit this out every single time. But you heard the sound of, I don't know what that was, uh, Cobra Commander's personal vehicle, some sort of sci-fi, the loudest vehicle on Earth flying by. I I would think it was a Harley, but I've never seen a Harley driving around in town. But you guys heard that, which I edited out every episode. Maybe not every episode, but a lot of episodes. And the people who join me on Sunday mornings to do the live show, they listen, the Patreons can listen to a live show being recorded on in the morning. And they hear all of it, all all the terrible jokes and the burps and the me drinking Mountain Dew for three minutes in the middle of an episode. And that. And what I find so, this is the, I don't want to go on a huge rant about this, but I could easily, I'm I'm a pretty sound mind, right? I'm not, as far as someone who experiences the paranormal and believes in the paranormal, I'm not a full lunatic. You may not think I'm as well-reasoned as I should be. (laughs) That's fair, that's debatable. But I don't believe in gang-stalking. I don't believe I'm being gang-stalked. But what's so interesting is I understand in a way how people do. Because 
I just my my uh, live shows are planned, right? It's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We do a live episode. It's generally like the Wednesday or Thursday episode that you guys listen to, but it's unedited. They can hear it. Listen, constantly cars are driving by. Now, I live by a road. That's fine. And every so often, you know, I record five episodes a week. I would say two or three of them, that vehicle drives through at some point in the recording. And I have to completely stop. And the people who listen to the live episodes will hear me come to a complete stop. And I'll go, there's a car coming. It's like kids trying to play football in the middle of the street. But I don't... This is the deviation here. When I hear it, I just go, I live by a road. The guy's just driving down the road. That's what roads are for. (laughs) Roads weren't built so people could record podcasts next to them. Roads were built for vehicles to drive by. But I only hear it when I'm recording. I think it's coming back. And now it's idling. Where is it? This is insane. It's never stopped right out. It's never stopped out right outside before. What is going on? Here's the thing. This is crazy. Here's the thing. I don't hear it when I'm not recording. And my logical mind goes, well, no, you do hear it when you're not recording. You're just not paying attention because you're not trying to focus on clean audio. You're sitting and you're just watching YouTube or you have your headphones on and you're editing or you're talking to somebody on the phone. You don't notice it. When you're sitting down and you're sensitive to every footstep around, you're sensitive to dogs barking, then you do hear it. But the gangst- the mindset of the gang stalker is the opposite. It'd be really easy for me to go, that's the CIA, that's the NSA trying to drive me nuts. Because as much as free flow as this podcast is and doesn't have the highest production value, some may say it has zero production value. I try to keep a clean audio. But isn't that weird? I just want to highlight that. Like, I literally just did the intro, started my, hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode, and then that vehicle just came out of nowhere. And it's never sat outside before and just sat there and idled, just all doing donuts. I'm like, ah, weird. Do I think it's the secret government plot to drive me nuts? No. Do I think it's some sort of shadow, shadowy organization sent out to ruin my podcast? No. But you could see how other people would believe that. It's a very, very interesting dynamic. And the gangsta, I understand how gang stalking gets started in the targeted individual's heads. They start to put together connections like that because I don't hear it when I'm laying down. I, and I record these episodes at all times during the day. The, the live episode is planned. People know when that's coming. But I'm actually recording this episode much later than I normally do. I'm recording this episode at 6.30 at night. And normally I try to record them earlier than that. So weird, right? Does it mean anything? No. But I think someone who really believed in gang stalking would say, no, 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 this is your targeted individual for a reason. You have the fastest growing paranormal podcast and they're trying to shut you down. 
just an interesting qu- I didn't plan on doing that. I totally didn't plan on doing that segment, but and it's just interesting and I can see how people would fall to that, but I think I hear it all the time. I just don't pay attention. And now a dog's barking. But we're going to go ahead and get the episode proper started. And someone just slammed their door. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Colton, let's go ahead and toss you the oars to the Dead Rabbit rowboat. I don't think we've really even used that this season. Let's row, row, row our way out of Hood River and head all the way out to a suburban neighborhood. So splash. Ooh, splash, working our upper body, rowing all the way downriver. This is one of those stories, like a lot of stories we've done recently. We scant details in the beginning. We don't know where this story actually took place. We have a brief time period around 20 years ago. So still, that sounds like a long time ago. It was the early 2000s. It was the early 2000s. We're going to meet this guy. We don't have a name for him. We're going to call him Tommy. And Tommy goes, about 20 years ago when I was in my early 20s, I have this memory and I I can't really I don't I don't know what it is. I've never forgotten it. It was quite odd and terrifying. <laughs> possibly delicious, possibly delicious memory. Let's take a look at this. Tommy said back when 20 years ago, Tommy said 20 years ago, he was asleep in his room and he described his room as pretty much pitch black. Pretty much pitch black, right? As dark as most bedrooms get, there always tends to be a little bit of light in somewhere, unless you're like sleeping in the basement, like a goblin. There's usually a little bit of light coming in from somewhere. Well, this particular night, Tommy wakes up and he sees the shadow, what he described as the shadow of a man standing in the room. And he goes, remember, the room's pitch black, or as close to pitch black as possible, but I'm seeing the shadow of a man standing in my room, and I, I'm, I'm scared, right? What, what could possibly be going on? It's not a man. It's just a shadow, and how could I see a shadow in a nearly pitch-black room? And as he's trying to process that, the shadow man, it's not the terminology he uses. He's talking about, like, the shadow of a person. This is someone who doesn't seem well-versed in the paranormal, which is fine. We'll get to that in a second. He says this shadowy figure walked over to the side of his bed and he goes, my bed was kind of pushed up against the wall. So he walked to the horizontal side of the bed, you know, like the longest part of the bed and stood there around where my stomach was. So I'm like laying in bed. You're like, oh great, you're Jason trying to trying to describe the dimensions of a room. He's always, this always goes really badly. Anyways, picture this, a bed, Push up against the wall, but one side of the bed isn't. <laughs> His room is basically hallway, sleeping in the hallway. One side of the bed, you're like, Jason, I know what you're talking about. I've been in a human's bedroom before. <laughs> we get it, we get it. So anyways, this shadowy figure walks up to the side of the bed. Tommy's laying on the bed, and the shadow man's standing <laughs> by his stomach. So he's standing right there next on the side of the bed. Lying with stomach. Tommy's completely petrified, and he said he was so scared he couldn't even scream for his flatmate. So I'm assuming this guy's in Britain, because over here we just call him roommates. But flatmate, he goes to... Maybe he's a British guy living in America. I don't know. But the point is, is that he can't scream. He's too scared to scream. He's too scared to move as this shadow is standing next to his bed. 
mean, just when you think it couldn't get worse, I mean, it's just the shadow standing next to you. It's pretty scary, but is it Dead Rabbit Radio scary? <laughs> yes, actually, that is kind of terrifying, but the shadow man grabs Tommy's mattress, and then think about how strong you would have to be to do this. He, using, taking the mattress, he folded Tommy up like a, like a burrito. Now, I don't know if he grabbed the head of the mattress and the foot of the mattress and folded him lengthwise, or if he simply grabbed the mattress and rolled Tom... They're onto me. Or if he grabbed the side of the head of the mattress and the foot of the head of the mattress and rolled him up against the wall like a burrito. I'm assuming the latter. I'm assuming he just rolled Tommy up against the wall because had he actually folded him in half, had he folded him in half where his head and his legs were touching, this guy would probably be paralyzed. I mean, I guess you can touch your toes. I guess you can do it, but that tends to be voluntary, right? Very rarely are you just standing in line waiting to pick up a Starbucks and then someone comes... Actually, yeah, if someone came and jumped on you and the next thing you know, your head was touching your toes, you're going to have some serious injury. So I imagine... Plus, that would be folding him like a taco. If you folded him like that. And he specified burrito. He specified burrito on his story. Shadow Man grabbed the mattress and folded Tommy up. Is the terminology Tommy used? And was crushing him. And Tommy, like, it knocks the wind out of him. He can't breathe. He's being pressed up into this mattress. This immense strength bearing down on him. And he said the pressure was just getting harder and harder and harder. And he goes, right at the moment where I knew I couldn't take it anymore. The mattress flopped flat. And Tommy was laying there in the bed, dripping with sweat, in an empty room. The shadowy man had left. I thought this was super interesting. I mean, the whole story's interesting, but let's key in on this detail, this particular detail. Tommy said, he posted this online under the name Draw Moriga. Draw Moriga. But he goes, I think it was sleep paralysis. I think it was either sleep paralysis or a nightmare. And this is why he thinks this. And this is, again, a difference between someone who studies the paranormal and someone who doesn't, who has paranormal events happen to them, which does happen quite a lot. He goes, in hindsight, this is a quote, in hindsight, I believe it was a nightmare slash sleep paralysis based on the fact that I could see the shadow in the first place. My room is pretty much pitch black at night, so I shouldn't really have been able to see anything. Now, we've talked about shadow people a lot on this podcast. I've personally seen them. I've talked about my personal experiences. We've done tons of Shadow Men episodes. They are completely visible in pitch black conditions. It's super weird. No one can explain why it's possible. But to anyone who knows anything about Shadow Man lore, you could see a Shadow Man in a completely dark room. It's blacker than black. It's such a weird thing to see. 
And he's so he goes, I believe it's a nightmare because that's impossible. You can't see a shadow in the dark, but these entities, you can. And the fact that that's his key clue as saying this was just the nightmare of sleep paralysis, everything else would point to it, something really happening. But he goes, really, based on the fact that how can you see a shadow in the dark? It must have been a dream. This wasn't a dream. He saw what's known as a shadow man. But if you don't know anything about the lore, you would go, that's impossible. You can't see a shadow in the dark. Fascinating story. And the the fact, I think this might be, we've talked a lot about shadow men on this podcast. I'm trying to think of another time they've exhibited that level of strength. I mean, you don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger to flip a man off a mattress. It would, it would help. But... You you have to have a, a, a you have to have a normal amount of you have to have a little bit more than the normal amount of strength to roll someone up on a mat an adult a, an adult in his twenties right to be able to not only flip up his mattress and pin him against the wall but then to continue to put pressure on it I mean the shadow person did have him paralyzed he did say he was so scared he couldn't move which might lean towards the sleep paralysis but you wouldn't have to be he man to do it but you'd have to be stronger. Than a ghost. It's interesting because we... I don't cover them. I don't cover them. I, we might have mentioned it once or twice. I come across a lot of ghost stories. There's two There's two interesting things that are going on right now in the paranormal community. I'm seeing a lot of stories about mysterious knocking. I'm seeing them everywhere. I don't cover them because that's the whole story. I was in my house and I've been hearing these knocks. I think a long time ago we did a story about knocks. It was tied into this alien conspiracy, but there's a lot of stuff that I read that I don't cover. That's why I started that new, I have a new subreddit called Paranormal News, and I put a lot of stuff in there that is interesting, but it's not interesting to to tell in a story, you know, to present in an audio form. Still interesting stuff could be close to some sort of bigger paranormal phenomenon going on. I come across stuff all the time and I go, that's a really interesting story, but... Can I talk about it for five or ten minutes? No. So I'll put it on that paranormal news subreddit. And that's been kind of a cool outlet because I'm always coming across stuff that I just won't cover. Not because I don't think it's fascinating. I just can't think of a dynamic way to tell the story. Anyways, the the knockings. That's going on a lot. There's been a lot of knocking reports lately. And bed shaking. I'm seeing a lot of bed shaking stories. From all sorts of different sources. So... You know, the bed shaking, I think most people, it could be because of the movie The Exorcist, most people think of as demons shaking the bed. I remember I used to have a fear, an irrational fear of my bed shaking. Like when I was a kid, I did, I like, as I was going to sleep, I'd be like, please don't let my bed shake, please don't. I, I always wondered where that, I didn't wonder about it as a kid, I was just terrified of it. But as an adult, I wonder why I had that fear for years. For years, for most of my childhood, I remember, I hope my bed doesn't shake tonight. So I wonder if at some point my bed did shake and I just kind of blocked the memory out. But anyways, we're seeing both of those things. The knocking, any sort of paranormal phenomenon can knock. But to shake a bed with a human in it, again, where it's noticeable. You know, if a little kid's shaking your bed, you probably won't even notice it's like being rocked to sleep. But if a adult started shaking your bed while you're sleeping, it would wake you up. We're seeing a lot of both of those stories being reported. I don't know. It might mean something. It could be some unknown ARG that's going on. And it's kind of lame if that's all that it is, if that's all they can make up. But 
it could be leading towards some wider paranormal phenomenon that we're unaware of right now. But shaking a bed, I, I think a lot of people associate that with demons. Ghosts have a certain power level. We do have these things. But being folded up in a mattress to be able to do that, it, it's not, again, it's not that you don't have to be the strongest man in the world. You're doing it right now. You're on top of your little brother. You're like, oh, come on, brother. I'm doing a scientific experiment. How strong do I have to be? You can do it, but it would be hard. And I can't think of another time we've seen a shadow man really interact with the real world like that. Interesting story. And you thought it was going to be about cannibalism. You thought it was going to be about cannibalism because I talked about human burritos in the beginning. Nope. Just the terrifying story of no one is safe even in their own bedroom. Colton, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are waving goodbye to this man. He's currently being crushed. The shadow people showed back up. He's like, help me, help me. Nah, you'll figure it out. You'll get strong enough. You'll be able to break yourself out or die. Colton, take us up, up and away. We're leaving behind this house. Fly us all the way out to another house in the suburbs. Colton flying around the carpenter copter, and we finally find the house of a man named Ted. We don't know if that's his real name. His internet name is Smoke Teddy Frey, so I'm I'm assuming his name is either Teddy or Smoke. And I want to give a shout out to Dragonova Svetlana. Dragonova Svetlana went ahead and recommended us to cover this story. She posted it on the Dead Rabbit Radio subreddit. We have that too. We have an official Dead Rabbit Radio subreddit and then a Paranormal News subreddit as well. We're going to meet this guy named Ted. And Ted goes, you know, the house I grew up in had this place we called the Empty Spot. The reason why we named it that is really him and his brother who called it the Empty Spot was in the kitchen... There was a place where it just it looked like a normal kitchen, looked like a normal floor. But when you walked, oh, it was always the same spot. It didn't move around and never seemed to get bigger or smaller. But if you walked into this kitchen and you walked on the same spot, he goes, you would get this weird feeling in your gut. Not a sense of dread. Not a feeling like you need to replace your carbon monoxide detector. None of that. He goes, when you walked over this spot, it would feel like, you know, you know how when you're on a roller coaster and when you go way high up and then all of a sudden you do that dip and you feel like your stomach kind of lift up or when you jump up in an elevator, you can kind of simulate that as well. That feeling you get in your stomach, like a literal feeling in your gut that you're dropping. Because we'd get that in our kitchen. Dad's like, you guys want to go on vacation? They're like, yay! He goes, walk back and forth on the empty spot for a while. It'll be like a free roller coaster. They're like, aw. The empty spot, it would feel like you were just kind of dropping for a second. You wouldn't. You could physically see the floor, but you'd feel that sensation in your stomach as if you were plummeting. And if that wasn't weird enough, Ted said one day, me, my dad, and my brother were hanging out in the kitchen, and my dad was making some coffee. The dad's making coffee, he's holding his phone, and he butterfingers it. And where he's standing is right next to, if not right on top of, the empty spot. 
And the phone falls out of his hand, and almost instinctively, like, we all can kind of gauge. Like, if you drop something off a kitchen counter, something loud, right, something big and heavy, it's a completely automatic mathematical thing our brain does. We know within seconds, like, we'll lift a foot. Even if you don't know where it's going to go, you'll lift your foot up and you'll brace for that loud noise. And you can kind of, you can perfectly figure out when it's going to happen. Because your brain processes all that stuff. So when he drops the phone, he's standing over the empty spot and he drops the phone. All three of these dudes know they're going to hear the phone hit the ground. But the sound never comes. Drops the phone and then the kitchen is silent. Ted and his brother and his dad look down almost in a terrified curiosity and see that the phone is gone. They start looking around the kitchen, right? Because you figure maybe it hit the ground and slid somewhere underneath the table, underneath one of the cupboards, something like that. But again, they didn't even hear it hit the ground, but they know the phone must be somewhere. They begin scouring the kitchen looking for it. Can't find it. What's the best way to find a phone? Call it. They called the dad's phone. Didn't even ring. Completely vanished from the kitchen. But a couple years later, Ted said him and his brother were sitting in the kitchen and all of a sudden they heard a... They heard the sound of something hitting the ground. And they both looked over and there sitting on the empty spot was the dad's old cell phone. They tested it out, and it didn't work. In fact, it never worked again. This is one of those interesting stories that doesn't fit into normal paranormal lore. You can't say it's a ghost, you can't say it's a demon, you can't say it's an alien or a krypton. And I think these are the stories that go unreported because when they happen to people, they don't really know where to talk about it. They don't know who to report it to. And what's interesting is Ted posted this and then someone else uh, responded to his post. Um, someone going by the name Heifer with Cheese. This other person said, my grandma had this house that there was one room that we all felt was haunted. It was this room on the top floor. We all felt it was haunted. It's not necessarily that we saw ghosts up there, but there was something weird about the room. Something was off. She said you would have items go missing up there. You left something in that room. Sometimes you wouldn't be able to find it again, and people lose stuff. It sucks. People are constantly losing things. We all lose things. There's nothing paranormal about it. It's just the way of the world, unfortunately. Well, there may be something paranormal about it. Again, I think if you lose a sticker that you really like and you brought it home and you set it on your desk and then you just can't find it anywhere and you start tearing your place up up and down trying to find it, 
and you don't find it, I think a lot, uh, most of us go, well, I just lost the sticker. Something must have happened. I don't think we immediately go to the paranormal. Just like I can have cars, super loud vehicles I don't hear the rest of the day, but they fire up when I'm doing a podcast. I don't think that's gang stalking. Other people may go that route. Some people, when something goes missing, they just go, well, it went missing. Other people may lean towards the paranormal right away. What's interesting is when they return in a mysterious way. If your keys go missing and then eventually you find your keys underneath your couch, there's a whole host of real life ways that that could have happened. This The person who posted this story about the grandma's room said one year there was a Christmas present. All the Christmas presents were stored up in this top room. <laughs> it's a bad idea, right? If you think, well, I'm sure that there were people in the family who thought it felt haunted and weird and things mysteriously happened in there. But there are other people who are like, you're just being superstitious. There's nothing wrong with the room. Let's store all of our Christmas presents in there so no no one can sneak away with them. The Grinch won't find them there. She goes, one year, we had the Christmas presents up in that room, and there was a three-foot-tall box. Like a big box full of smaller presents. And it went missing. The whole box, we could never find it. But we knew what was inside the box. One of the gifts were these uh, children's books that had batteries in the books. So it's like, you know, the little books that talk to you make Disney noises. (laughs) Ha ha, yay, we're going on an adventure, stuff like that, right? But the whole present, the whole three foot long box full of presents, full of individual presents, just disappeared from the bedroom one year but only for one year because apparently exactly one year later just in time for the next christmas when they walked up into the room they found this three foot long wrapped box once again in this room apparently when they opened it up they found the box with those children books with the batteries in them Batteries which should have lasted for years. These books sit on the shelves already in the bookshelves, and then the kids are going to use them and use them. Generally, these batteries aren't replaceable. They're built to last a matter of years. None of the books worked. I mean, you could read them. You could read them. But the batteries were all dead. Which is an interesting parallel to the phone dying as well. And it's almost as if I mean, this now we're working in theory that these these things that are disappearing. I mean, this is all theory. These things that are disappearing, you could say the electricity, the energy is being drained out of them, or you could have a huge time displacement. While they're only missing for a year or a couple years, they could be wherever they are. For who knows how long. They're not drained of energy. They're actually, the energy is discharged from them over time. The batteries died a natural death. I thought this was interesting though. Like that's my hypothesis. Someone else posted their hypothesis about all of this stuff. Someone going on. I thought this was super interesting. They go by the online handle Professional Law 758. They basically came out and said what you had in your kitchen. Presumably it's still out there. 
Ted said this was his childhood home. Again, we don't know the location of it, but he didn't say before we left, we burnt the house down. We had to destroy the empty spot. I assume they did what most people do. They sold the home. I'm sure it's a lot of their pro- this person, professional law, we'll just call him the professor. The professor has a hypothesis. He goes, what was in that house is a wormhole. He says, what, what's happening is that you have all these electrons moving around in this small area. This is basically a natural wormhole. And when something of the right mass, when the electrons are in the right position, interacts with this wormhole, it can pass through and disappear. And it will not reappear until those electrons are in the exact same place they were when it vanished. An interesting theory. He goes on to say that he believes that this wormhole... This is where it gets really weird, right? (laughs) Obviously, it's all weird already, but he goes, it seems like this wormhole was probably created on purpose. The empty spot in the kitchen. He doesn't say how you could do it or why you would do it, but he goes, that was his guess, that it was created... On purpose, and he goes, you can actually kind of figure out how safe this wormhole is. And he laid out this little scientific, <laughs> right now you're currently hovering over a wormhole. You're like, hurry up, Jason, get to, is it stable or unstable? Get to the experiment. He says, if you lay, you, you can put tinfoil around the spot. You make basically a perimeter of tinfoil around the spot, and you attach a battery to the foil. I, 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 okay, let me say, I don't know if this works. This might blow up your house, for all I know. You build a perimeter of tinfoil around the empty spot, you attach a battery to it, and then you take foil on a string and you hover it over the ring, the ring of tinfoil. He goes, if it swings like a pendulum from side to side, the tinfoil on the string, that means it's a stable wormhole. If it violently swings in a circle, that means it's an unstable wormhole, which would obviously make it far more dangerous. You might want to not only not drop your phone near it, but not walk over it either. And it was interesting because Ted did say, Ted did reply and say, my brother at one point did take a compass. He took a compass and he put it over the empty spot and it spun around wildly. Now, the professor's theory about the wormhole and how to gauge how stable or unstable it is We don't know if that's completely accurate. You may actually be antagonizing it by doing this. I don't know. If you're currently currently dealing with a wormhole, pick your poison. Just keep, keep losing stuff or maybe build this. But it's an interesting phenomenon. It really is. And I think most of the times when we lose things, it's us literally like dropping it or forgetting where we put it. In the chaos of daily life, where we set our headphones down, although they may seem important, our brains are actually processing so much other stuff we forget where we put it. That's not the case. These people aren't forgetting where they're at. These items are disappearing and then reappearing. With the grandma's room, they said one time they had a folded sweater laying on a bed up in that room. I don't know who would sleep in that bedroom. And the sweater went missing for around a year, and then one day the sweater was back on the bed folded up. 
So it, it's just, it, it, it's an interesting phenomenon. And again, I think for most people that happened to them, they would probably think it was the only, they were the only person in the world to experience this. They wouldn't know who to talk to about it. And maybe just chalk it up to some weird quirk in life. So that's the story of the empty spot. A place in some dude's kitchen where stuff may appear and disappear. Mostly, I don't know, should I say mostly disappear? Because it only happened the one time, but here we are. Standing over this empty spot in this dude's kitchen. It sounds like I sound different. It's because I do. Um... I'm recording this, oh my god, like, how long ago did I record the episode? Two days ago? Three days ago? It's now 11 o'clock at night, the day that it's due. I just woke up. <laughs> took, a, took a long nap after work. Took a nap from 8.30 to 11 at night. You go, Jason, why don't you just sleep through the night? It's not a nap. That's not a nap. I mean... Uh, naps generally don't happen at night <laughs> normally not three or four hours long what are you doing man well i had to finish the episode i didn't have an ending for the original episode and so i figured i'll do it later and yet here we are 11 p.m the night the episode's due and i still don't have one i still don't have like a super good or spooky way to end the episode but I did think about this as I was walking home, walking home late from work. The other day, this huge uh, thunderstorm rolled into town. It's bad. I actually thought, I came home, I was reading the news, and it said that, supposedly, Ukraine denies this, but some drones flew in and blew up. They hit the Kremlin or something like that. They blew up. The building was on fire. The Capitol. I mean, calling it a building. Calling it a building is kind of underselling it. It would be the same thing if someone did this to the White House. These drones flew in. This was yesterday. I was reading the news. And then I was like, oh, uh-oh. That's not good. Thank- <laughs> Things are really starting to heat up when you're flying drones into the president's house. And then I'm reading these articles and Ukraine's denying it and Russia's like, you guys did it. And then they're like, America, we, we think you had something to do with it too. America's like, no, we don't have anything to do with this. And then I'm sitting there and I'm watching YouTube and all of a sudden outside I hear a... Oh, it's thunder. And then I hear a... And I'm like, oh, that's still thunder. My blinds are drawn, and I keep hearing this. And I go, uh, I don't know what I don't know what a nuclear bomb sounds like when you're sitting near one. I go, uh, we could be getting nuked. It was all like these very short thunderclaps. So finally, I opened my uh, blinds up to see if I could see a mushroom cloud on the other side of the mountains. I was like, are we getting nuked? So what's going on right now? I don't know what what it's supposed to sound like. They spent a lot of time telling us what it's going to look like, and I think they neglected to say, "Oh yeah, it'll sound like thunder." If you're ever sitting at home and you don't see any rain, you just hear thunder over and over and over again after reading an article about the president of 
Russia getting attacked. It might sound like thunder. Anyways, beautiful. It wasn't nuclear blast. Unless this is a Mandela effect and I'm in an alternate reality where I lived. The beauty of nature. Like, I, I the thunderstorm continued for quite a while. I went to bed early last night, too. I went to bed, like, at 9, which is unheard of for me. And I stayed asleep the whole night, too. As opposed to tonight. But the beauty of nature. I've been thinking about it all day long. Massive thunderstorms rolling in today. Just rain. Just so much rain. So much wind. And I go... You know what? Maybe the empty spot isn't real. I... I Definitely sounds feasible, and you guys know I believe the paranormal, but I thought even if a lot of this stuff isn't real, the world is just awesome. The The beauty of nature, the, the fury of it all is just fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that today. Even if... As as I'm being rained on, I'm like, don't do do I'm slowly catching pneumonia. I go, even if none of the paranormal stuff is real, if none of it's real, the world is interesting and amazing as is. I don't know. I still don't have an ending. Technically, by definition, this is an ending. Because it's at the end of an episode. But... I really do hope you guys have an awesome weekend. I hope you guys have lots of fun. We'll be back in a couple days with a new episode. And I can't promise you what we're going to talk about because who knows? Like I said, the episode's pretty impromptu. Come up with stuff. Looking for articles. I can guarantee you, though, that they'll... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they will have endings. They will have endings that aren't recorded by a man who honestly sounds like he's being held at gunpoint. My original ending revealed the CIA's intentions with the empty spot. We have an empty spot in all of us. The government controls. No, no, I'm just extremely tired and it's time to go to bed. Even though I just woke up. It's just the way things work out. That's the beauty, that's the beauty of the universe. You can nap at night and then fall back to sleep. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm so, 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 so glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.